0: Hey, this is Sam Lewis and we're at the Sunstroke House in downtown Columbus, Mississippi. This is Virginia Avenue.
1: There's a place where I come from It's a little out of view There's a Sunday matinee on Virginia Avenue, Mrs. Williams and Mrs. Bean, they're talking in their front yard. Will that father-son auto shop ever get that car to start? And down the street, you can hear the dogs, they're barking at the backfiring trucks. But nobody ever says anything. Just wait for them to give up There's a place where I come from little out of you. There's a Sunday matinee On Virginia Avenue Well, Jacob Jones, he won't leave me alone He wants to take the bikes into town And he gets quiet when he hears me say Jacob to turn around And see that house just across the way It's for rent again It's been passed from the poor white trash down to the Mexicans There's a place where I come from Little out of view There's a Sunday day. On Virginia Avenue. Now, summertime it came and went. Down at the old folks' home. Where saying goodbye gets you a cry. And then you leave them all alone. Well, my mama still talks too much. My daddy's the youngest son, he was never quite satisfied. My mama was born to run. There's a place where I come from, little out of view. There's a Sunday matinee on Virginia Avenue. There's a place where I come from, Little out of you. There's a Sunday matinee on Virginia Avenue. There's a Sunday matinee on Virginia Avenue.
2: That's great, man. Good soon Thank you. Welcome to another episode of Porch Talk. This is your host Alan Aldridge, and here we go. So, growing up and just where you're from originally, man, is that's kind of the story behind all that.
0: Yeah. Well, um, my uh, my grandmother's house, my father's mom was kind of like uh, her her home. I think a lot of people have that kind of uh, home base, mm-hmm. if you will. And so we traveled quite a bit. As a family, and uh, her house was kind of, we would kind of reset. That was kind of the reset button. So she okay. lived in um, Ashboro, North Carolina. And Asheboro is right in the middle of the state. It's where the state zoo is. Okay. It's the Piedmont Triad. <clears throat> anyway, um, so I spent a lot of my childhood inadvertently growing up, you know, on that street. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that song was written not too long after uh, she had gone uh, to another house and so, you know, they're they're just memories now, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, it kind of felt like someone just turned off the the switch once she moved, you know, and it was really, really, and it became a foreign place, a place you can only really go to through photographs. And so I just wanted to go there, and I uh, wanted to kind of do a, a little documentation of some of the characters on the street, and yeah. so all the people I named were, are actually real people, and uh, and it was just, you know, uh, I think after I got done writing it, I realized it was written probably more through a, like a, like a 10 or a 12-year-old's perspective of things, you know, just yeah. stating obvious observations, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. But yeah, mostly grew up in Asheboro, North Carolina, and, but I... Grew up also as well, some in uh, southern Georgia and uh, southwestern Virginia.
2: Okay. And so as you were traveling and moving around, when did music really become a big part of your life, and when did you pick up the guitar?
0: Well, music's always been there, man. I mean, my parents had a pretty decent record collection, you know. My dad was really into what what a lot of people call rockabilly, you know. So I got exposed to, you know, um, uh, Elvis and... Johnny Cash and, and Roy Orbison and, and Little Richard and and my mom uh, my dad was more into 45s it was inter- it really interesting he didn't have one album he had they Just were the all they're all singles you know yeah. then uh my mom had actual records like albums stuff like ELO you know uh, Bruce Springsteen mm-hmm. uh, all sorts of different things like that and they also like soundtracks so a lot of my childhood was was playing those records, you know, I was I was actually listening to those and 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 flipping them and all that kind of thing, well before I could read, you know. My dad would ask, he would say, uh, um, he would ask, "What are you going to play now?" and I and I play something by Elvis, mm-hmm. and uh, he would say, uh, "How do you know that's a, How do you know that's Elvis?" If you you know, because I couldn't, couldn't read. read. I was like, "Oh, yeah. well, it's got the little dog on it, <laughs> the little RCA dog." Yeah. Anyway, so. It was always there, it was a big part, you know, we, you know, we, we traveled a lot, you know, road trips and everything, and music was, was something that, occasionally it was background music, but mostly it was, we were listening to it together, mm-hmm. in the car or, you know, at the house or whatever, and uh, and it's just, at a young age, like, I really paid, you know, really liked words, you know, and once understood that a lot of songs, especially country songs, told stories, Mm-hmm. I really got into that man and and so I was like eight and I my mom helped me lay away a little you know $75 guitar at the at the local uh, music yeah at the at the shop there and and I picked it up and and learned I think I learned one song and then it went in the closet until I was probably 13 or 14 and and started learning some Nirvana songs that kind of stuff you know and then it went back in the closet And then I discovered Bob Dylan and then, you know, the whole 60s folk scene. And so I pulled it back out and started learning some of those songs. And then shortly after that, I started writing my own songs with the encouragement from another musician friend of mine, much more talented than myself. And I still don't know to this day if he was kidding or not when he said we should write our own songs. But I thought, you know, why not? You know, let's give it a try. And I just, uh, I had so much fun doing that, and I got to... I got to just kind of disappear and create a world that well, that I didn't know was there. Mm-hmm. And I just i have been addicted to that ever since. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, a lot of the stuff that I was writing, I was, of course, I was in my early 20s, so you don't know as much as you think you do. And uh, so yeah. uh, most of that is just kind of most of those writings um, developed over time and then just through, through experience and that kind of thing. So that's... Uh, where it kind of started, I guess. Right.
2: Yeah. And so, man, just getting ready for uh, your show this evening and getting ready to sit down and talk with you. Um, you have three albums, correct?
0: That's right. Yeah.
2: And so, I've been listening through and the development, man. I have really enjoyed the progression you have made, hey, especially man. on the guitar, man. Thank you. Um, I play myself. I love finger picking. Yeah. And uh, man, you, you sweet on them strings, bro. Oh, thanks. Yeah. It's, and it's, so, like, appreciate. It. The Beatles, like Blackbird, and some Bob Dylan songs, man, that's that's where I am. Because I spent, I think it was last year, just dedicated the whole year, put the picks away. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to learn to figure-pick this thing. And, man, yeah. see, it's being able to sit down and hear Virginia Avenue and Washington, man, it's... you sweet on that guitar. <laughs> well, thank you.
0: Well, it, um, thank you. Uh, I'm not doing a lot, and I think that's yeah. the... for For how... I'm more interested in the words and and of course a melody is going to carry that mm-hmm. and uh if you have something that's fairly simple you 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 have the permission to get away with all of things that's why a lot of bob dylan songs yeah, are yeah they're 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 a great uh you know platform for him to to wax poetic, you know, and say whatever he wants to say. The mm-hmm. Beatles, man, they used every possibly like chord they could probably use. Beatles songs are very, very difficult mm-hmm. to to play. But yeah, I I started playing with a pick, you know, and uh, and I just kind of I was right when I started playing like coffee shops, and then and then once I got into bars, mm-hmm. it helped to cut through the sound. But then I didn't. I developed a dislike for the you know the 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 thin clunk the thin clunk sound and on top of that i was i was getting more into having an actual sound engineer that was mixing the sound and i just uh i learned that if if i would finger pick i can control the volume with with my right hand Mm -hmm. and 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 so that permitted me to It just, it opened it up a little bit more. Yeah, you know, And it allowed me to control that volume and, and, you know, I can lift parts and that kind of thing. But with a pick, you're kind of, you're a bit more limited, you know. Yeah. So that's kind of where a lot of that came from.
2: I got you. And so I just... As you were coming up and playing coffee shops, getting in the bars, when did you start? Do you prefer the band, or do you like being solo, or is it just kind of whatever? I like whatever it takes. I like
0: them both, man. I mean, it's like electric guitar versus acoustic guitar. They're two totally different vehicles. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it it's it all depends on what it is you're trying to get across, and and its mood. You know, I love playing with a band. I've made three records with a band arrangement. You mm-hmm. know, and it's super fun to just really like you come in with sketches and which you know just just you and then bare bones yeah and, and then you know people contribute and and you come out and it's you have this this thing that's you know full in color and it's you know dim, you know has dimension and it's depth and everything and yeah. it's that's great and I, I love performing live with bands I um, it's a totally different energy mm-hmm. um, they're able to express emotions that I, I can't and then when it's a shared it's a shared thing and that's what I really enjoy and the solo show it's a whole you know it's a whole different um, uh, avenue and uh, it lends itself to uh, much more vulnerability and exposure and it's a totally different connection that that I get a lot out of and it it honestly keeps me more on my toes because you know if I'm doing like a 90 minute set or something like that that's a long time you sure. know, to do your own songs with no, you know, uh, accompaniment. Mm-hmm. So a lot of those uh, shows turn into a, a little, I de- I'm quite dependent upon banter. So, uh, and there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of comedy that works its way in there. And it's just, to me, like, it's the levity, you know, when you okay. have song after song. I can play like in an hour and a half. I mean, I can play like 25 songs easy. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, and that—that's a lot to ask of a listener.
2: Yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a lot for one sitting just you on a guitar. Well. Well, two and
0: two and a half minute songs. I mean, you <laughs> know, <laughs> like I would go after a while. Yeah, but so the band's fun because you can stretch songs out. You can you can create some really fun intros and outros. And, oh yeah, man, and, and just let it breathe. You know, and and uh, so it's just a totally different ride. I I, I love them both. You know. Mm-hmm. I've I've enjoyed a lot of those YouTube videos you have up with some of the oh, cool. bands
2: you had set in on the, in Nashville. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at three quarter time I saw I saw you with the band. I think you by yourself. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, uh, preacher man and there's time of a preacher. Time of the preacher. Yeah, right? yeah. That's a Willie Nelson song. Yeah, yeah. That's it's good stuff, brother. Thanks, man. Yeah, it, it kind of takes me back, and so I asking you about influences. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that outlaw country, that's really what I grew up on. Uh, my father is you know, um, Merrill Haggard and Nelson and yeah. uh, Bob Seger and those guys, and so um, anytime I'm picking up new artists and finding new people, uh, I gravitate towards that, mm-hmm. and uh, i really, really been digging the sand with that. So. Just over the years, and since you've been going, man, you've you've accomplished quite a bit. You had the tour with uh, Chris Stapleton a couple years ago, and you're about to be in the UK for a tour, right? Yeah. And so, uh, just some of the road stories, if you if you want to share what's been going on, man, I
0: tell like I, those are I don't have a lot of road stories. I I think what's more interesting is how I got to the road, those <laughs> yeah. kind of things. So yeah. I the the Stapleton. Chapter is really, really special for many reasons, and I met I met Chris and Morgan, his wife, via J.T. Cure, who's a okay. fantastic bass player. He's he's played on my records. He's played on Chris's records, and so I met him through that way. Um, a couple years, I think I'd been in Nashville for maybe two two or three years, and so there was an awareness, there was an mm-hmm. understanding. I think Chris. Doug, what I was doing, uh, we never wrote together, I uh, still haven't wrote together, I, I would like to do that, that'd be fun, but he was making Traveler when I was making Waiting on You, and we were using the same band, JT and Derek, Derek Mixon, drummer from uh, West Monroe, Louisiana, and um, so, and then those both of those records came out in May, and I had an agent at the time that was with an agent a booking agency that had got bought up by a bigger agency mm-hmm. and I was one of many artists that basically just fell through the cracks it happens all the time mm-hmm. and so uh, we had you know I had a small label uh, that was helping me finance and promote the record and so um, we are getting all this publicity but we don't have any dates we have no shows and so uh, it was around April um, of 2015 I applied at the local uh, post office in, in East Nashville where I live and uh, I was going back for a second interview the day that Morgan called me and asked if I wanted to come and open their, one of their two album release shows in mm-hmm. Nashville and then, a, and then a few dates uh, that summer with them and, and, mm-hmm. and they uh, and I said absolutely yeah that, that's amazing like I'm about to not do anything like that that'd be great and so they let, me, uh, they let me join them. They even invited me on the bus. They gave me a bunk. We had a, a great summer, um, you know, and that was still in the, the early, very early, early uh, months of, of not really anyone knowing who Chris was outside of, really outside of Nashville. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it had been a few years since he had been playing with the steel drivers. And so people, it's just, it was a polar opposite than, than what it is now. So uh it was really really fun to see that and then you know he he blew up uh later that year at the mm-hmm. CMAs and then uh the Grammys and then you know I toured with them most of 2016 and I mean I I will I don't know if I'll ever see that type of success like in person probably ever again. I mean we we were playing uh you know, like clubs like 800 to 1,000 seaters at the beginning oh, that, wow. that weren't selling out, you know. Um, it, not not due to his talent, just simply due to... When you're new, you're new, yeah. you know. It yeah, people didn't know. And then, you know, l- less than six months later, you're, you know, playing three nights at the Ryman Auditorium, and you're playing these, you know, uh, uh, beautiful, like, theaters, and, and then amphitheaters, and then, you know, the, fo- the fabulous Fox. Like, it, not even a year after the record had come out, or oh, right at a year, uh, we were like, you know, he was headlining um, and selling out the, the, you know, like four and 5,000 seeders, so, you know, it's, it was just, it was nuts to see that growth, but they, they're the same people, they're the same people I met, you know, mm-hmm. almost 10 when years ago, and they're just, they're the, they're the nicest people, and, uh, and uh, they did a lot for me, that, that, I'm st- I'm still able to use that as a reference and it's 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 got me a lot of attention in in mm-hmm. places that I you know it would have been impossible. Mm-hmm. Sure. Played at the Ryman, man. That is one of my I haven't been there
2: personally, mm-hmm. but when I watch a lot of the videos, I like um even the albums they put out live at the Ryman.
0: Yeah. Um that's one of my favorite venues, man. What's that like? I mean, <laughs> it's uh it's hard to explain, man. I um it's a bit, it's a bit like a dream, you know. It really is. It's. Did you do? Was it just you, or you had the band uh, that night? I, uh, they permitted me to have whatever I wanted, and I, I came out with, uh, with a rhythm section, uh, my guitarist Dan Cohen, who's been playing with me exclusively for like the last five years now, and um, a two-piece horn section and uh, keyboards. Okay. So we just, they, they were like, whatever you want to do, and I went well it'd be cool to do this here, you know, so, uh, and they gave me a nice, I think it was like 35 or 40 minute set, and, you know, uh, it was just amazing, it was a, it was a blur, you know, I bet, dude, that's awesome, man, I love yeah. the rhyming. I haven't been there yet, but I want to go, yeah. it's, check it uh, out, it really is, man, it was, it was like, it was like bumbling around in a, in a really, really great dream, you know, <laughs> and, uh, I was, I was on a high for a while, um, after that, and, just to, and on top of it, to be, to get to do that for the first time that way, with my friends. Yeah, it meant everything. Yeah, at home. You know what <laughs> I mean? That was a hometown show, and 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 it was. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, like, I'll never forget that. Ever.
2: Yeah, that's cool, man. So, uh, what about some of the other things, like? family and friends when this thing started becoming a reality. What was that like? Were they uh were Oh they just...
0: man, it's supportive. Everybody's been supportive. Yeah. yeah. It's uh I I that's I think that's helped encourage me, uh, in many in many ways is just the sheer belief that um that's been instilled for, I mean at a young age, I mean my parents were they were pretty realistic about things and and certainly uh let me know that if I worked really really hard at, at something I could I could do it you know and uh, so yeah they're they're tickled to death and um, I got some cool stuff coming you know every time something comes up and I, I have a public calendar so anybody can see it mm-hmm. and uh, it's just funny um, how over the over the course of 10 years when when I do hear from people, It's usually like they see something that I just announced and, you know, that kind of thing. So I called my dad the other day and told him I got asked to play the Levitt Shell in uh, Memphis uh, this summer. And uh, he's pretty fired up about that. Those kind of things, it's it's pretty huge. It's hard to believe. Like, I'm going over to England. This is my sixth tour over there since 2013.
2: Yeah, what's that like, man? I couldn't imagine, like, going out of the country and, like... I wonder what the following's like. Well, the first time you was over there? I mean, obviously, there was some following. You were invited out.
0: Yeah, yeah. um, So uh, I worked for Walmart for almost 10 years. Uh, I worked for Walmart from uh, March 2004 to October of 2013. Mm -hmm. And I uh, made friends with a really talented uh, singer-songwriter and blues musician by the name of Martin Harley, who's based in England. Okay. And so he asked me if I wanted to come and uh, do uh, be the supporting act for his like fall winter tour over there, about I think it was about twenty dates or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I said, yes, of course. And by that time, I had really gone full part time at at Walmart. I was maybe working two days a week tops, and I got grandfathered into the health insurance, so mm-hmm. I didn't have to accrue however many hours that you you know you, you now have to. And uh, so that's why I was kind of staying on as long as I, I could. Anyway, long story short, um, they wouldn't approve a leave of absence. So I had to turn in my notice and then, so I turned 30 on basically on a flight over to England. I'd never been out of the country before and uh, played those dates. And now, you know, fast forward six years, I'm going over there for the sixth time and uh, and now it's you know I'm headlining my own stuff. They're smaller rooms, but like 150 seaters, mm-hmm. and but it's a real following, and, and it's it's great. It's like a second home. I mean, you know, that's great. So when you get over that way, like how many different towns are you going to be in? It's like
2: ten or twelve. If I was looking, is that right?
0: Um, 24. Oh wow, yeah, well, missed um, it by half. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, it's um it's it's a pretty busy. It's seven weeks. Uh, it's pretty full on. I did, uh, I gave the green light to my agent over there back in September. And, mm-hmm. uh, he came back, I think in two weeks with like 16 contracts and, uh, which is always, that's always great. But, um, it just, it's, it keeps adding and, uh, just got added to the, the C to C country to country, which is a pretty big festival there that happens in London. And, you know, it begins with the Americana uh, music festival as well. So it's, it's full on. There's, 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 um, it's going to be a really, really good, mm-hmm. you know, good visit
2: back. What about some of the cultural things, the differences just between East Nashville and over there? What uh, you had your mind blown by anything really when you got over that way?
0: I think the preservation, okay, um, is pretty m- mind blowing. I mean, you we don't have the history, sure. um, but we also have yet to learn how to really, I think, preserve over here, mm-hmm. and. I think those two things as well as how much of an impact our thoughts and opinions and actions actually affect the rest of the world Mm -hmm. and uh it's similar thing when I went to India uh in 2017 oh wow you know it's good to leave it's good to travel and it's good to see things and 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 um so I think that was the biggest thing was was understanding like It's small. It's a small island. Mm -hmm. You can fit three United Kingdoms in Texas. Yeah, you know it's it's super small. They're not getting any Mm -hmm. more land anytime soon. Mm -hmm. So they're, it's everything's very preserved. You know, I don't remember like I remember driving around. I mean, miles and miles, and not seeing a billboard. You know, just kind of that kind of stuff. Yeah, Uh, people are um, super respectful, very educated, certainly cultured because they're on the doorstep of Europe. You know what I mean? They Mm -hmm. they. They go to like Spain and Germany and you know uh, places like that. Like we like we go to you know different states, Texas or you know New York or Chicago or something. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, so I think that was s- like super uh, eye opening for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, understanding uh, that and like the next thing you know, you're driving by like a you know a 13th century church or something, and you're yeah. just like, wow, mm-hmm. it's still there. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful too. Yeah. <laughs> that was built. What about just like over there? Has
2: it the impacted your songwriting and uh, maybe some of the maybe some of the songs or some of the influence?
0: Well, I mean, you know, like there, these are listening rooms, like much like tonight. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's a I'm playing places where people come to hear songs and stories and that kind of thing. And the first the first real round over there was was interesting because. They're really polite, and they're they're very respectful, and they, mm-hmm. you know, they don't clap, like if someone were to take, like, a lead break or something on a guitar or, or whatever, they, they're they really reserved, and they applaud after the performance, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, and so, yeah, I, that was pretty new to me. I mean, I've played in listening rooms and, and places like that here, but, uh, I mean, I, I remember the first few shows, I'm like, I don't... I don't know if they're with me or not. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. Because they're, they're not they're, showing me anything. Yeah, but they're but they are. And they listen and and uh, it's it's you know after shows, people ask questions and they talk about that. They really dig in. They really really listen. And so, um, uh, yeah, they they all you know I started doing like a Q and A a few years ago, mm-hmm. just to honestly break it up. I mean, like I said, ninety minutes of just sure. I mean, you know, I only I'm only. I only, like, perform and write probably in, like, maybe two, maybe three gears, you know. And it's mostly <laughs> it's mostly 35 miles an hour. Yeah. Uh, but I opened up a and a and that's probably been my favorite part of the shows over there. Is, okay. Uh, it's, I do it, for, it's about ten minutes. It's, like, right in the middle of the set. It's kind of, like, part of the intermission. What's some of the most popular
2: questions they want to ask you?
0: Well, I mean, it varies. Like, I, again, I've been going over there over for six the last six years, six uh, years so... The, they are intrigued as to like what I think of, like I know I'm gonna get political questions, sure. you know, mostly things like that, you know, what I think of this, what I think of that. A lot of it doesn't even have to do with my mm-hmm. music or songs, which I'm totally fine yeah. with. It, it's it's that it that randomness that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. So someone asked me what grits were. <laughs> okay. You know stuff like that. That um, it's it's really fun because they're they're getting cultured as well. Yeah i think it took it took uh, a few of them a few shows it was definitely they they know like they're they're i think they might at times be more educated in our in our history but but more like but like regions they they have a comprehension of regions and and i think i think i w i caught them off guard quite a bit by being a um a semi educated southerner yeah, sure. But with a sense of humor mm-hmm. and a very dry one at that, mm-hmm. and I, I tend to pour it on pretty thick when I'm over there. You know what I mean? Like Might you're as well, you're right? a rare bird. You may as well, right? Yeah. So uh, that's kind of how the shows go over there. Yeah. They're really good for me. You know, um, uh, I'm I'm really on my toes over there. I got you.
2: All right, man. We've we've shot this question out of the canon um, a lot. Three artists, alive or dead. Mm-hmm. And it could be more than three oftentimes it is that you could see or didn't get a chance to see who would that be?
0: Oh wow um, probably Beethoven okay um, I would have liked to have seen like an early 60's James Brown show okay what else would have been cool it's a really tough one. Shit, man. I don't know. Maybe like Hank Williams and like just yeah, some sure. sort of like some honky tonk in the middle of Louisiana somewhere. Yeah, you know. I got you. I think that would be. Uh, those would be some, some serious things to see. Mhm. Yeah, man. Like I know um, previous Elvis. He, oh he comes up. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'd love to see that. Yeah. Um, There's so much documentation on some of these people, though. It's hard. Yeah. It's like it, it's kind of like YouTube, where you you, um, you can see them, but not really. You can see them, but but it all that stuff kind of does something to your mind. You know, it, in in a way, you almost feel like you saw them, but you but you actually didn't. Mm-hmm. So I think with the Elvis, I feel like I've seen them. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, even though I haven't. Yeah. You know. But yeah, that's a good question. And man, just like a day to day, when
2: you're on break, um, not touring, what's what's just a, a day in the life of Sam look like?
0: It's really, really boring and not glamorous <laughs> at all. I have to, you know, talk myself into going for a jog or you know getting outdoors, yeah, moving good. around, that kind of thing. I like cooking food, you I know. You. So it's whatever keeps me home. the The ultimate goal when I'm home is to be home, to be home, and to really soak it up. So I have a lot of company over. You know, uh, sometimes I'm I'm writing with someone. They'll they'll come over. And we'll write a song or, you know, whatever. Uh, try to read when I can. Uh, I write a lot. I've written a lot this over the past six months, which is really really great. Um, and that's kind of it, man. I try to I try to not really. I, I monitor the intake. You know, I I really try to watch very little of anything. I really don't listen to anything. I'll. I'll listen to the, you know, I'll listen to news radio. It mm-hmm. uh, kind of will be the backing soundtrack for the for the day while I'm doing, the, you know, all the mon- mundane stuff that we do. Mm-hmm. And that's man, that's kind of it. Try to get to bed at a at a decent hour. Maybe see a show or something like that. But I'm, I'm, I'm like i It's kind of, uh, it's a, it's, I have to empty out a lot, you know, and you. Uh, in order to fill it back up. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do. When you're reading, what do you prefer? Like, uh, I like biographies, man, and autobiographies. I like I like reading. I like stories, you know. I like reading about people and and uh, uh, that kind of you know uh, that kind of stuff. Um, books about economics, man. Just like, just like kind of you know, I guess historical stuff, you know, non nonfiction.
2: I got you, well, brother. You wanna play another song? It won't be long, and it'll be it'll be time. Sure, yeah,
0: yeah. I'll play another
2: one. I didn't know if you wanted to get a bite to eat before you played this evening. Hey, what time is it? 6.30. we
0: mm-hmm. got 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll play you one real quick. Yeah. Um, let me think here. What do... Uh <sighs> This is on the It's called Everything's Gonna Be Different From Now. And this is how I wrote it, but this is not how we recorded
1: it. Cool. Everything gonna be different from now on Everything gonna be right, nothing wrong I'm gonna put me on a smile, take me and walk down Meridian Everything gonna be different from now on Everything gonna be different Everything gonna be great Everything gonna shine like a dime Like everyone on my street I'm gonna put me on a smile and Take me and walk down Meridian mm-hmm. Everything gonna be different from now on, if things just keep on changing all around me, if you go down meridian. Everything gonna be different from now on. Everything gonna be new when I get home. But I'm gonna put me on a smile, take me a walk down Meridian. Mm-hmm. Everything gonna be different from now on. Everything gonna be different. Yeah, and everything is gonna be great Everything gonna shine like a dime Like a yeah, window on my street But I'm gonna put me on a smile Take me a walk down Meridian hmm Yes, everything gonna be different from now on And then everything gonna be different from now
2: All right, thank you, brother. Thank you. All right, folks, this has been another episode of Porch Talk. All right, news and notes. There is no need for any more notes. Sam has already laid it down as far as announcements. This is my second show here at the Sunstroke House. And once again, it did not disappoint. Great show. And Sam Lewis, man, he brought it um sat down was and this is kind of this, this intimate thing it's not something you would get in a bigger room where it sits 150 hundred and fifty, two hundred or 400 or however whatever it, and i'm not saying it's something that's just unique to here but it's something about the setting to where it's 60 people where uh the artist can sit down and play a song and share a story and tell a story and there's a bit of comedy and banter all throughout, and it's just a good show all the way through and through. And so he delivers, and so I hope to be able to see him again. I'd love to see him with his band. and So I hope when I make my way up to Nashville, I'll be able to check that out. And so, Jamie, thank you so much for setting this up. Thank you for reaching out to Sam to um, see if he was cool sitting down and being on Porch Talk and um, – It's Sunstroke House is a special place. And so if you get a chance, come check it out. Uh, Pony Bradshaw is on February 1st. And then Sarah Shook and Disarmers is on March 10th. Thank you, Better Brands, for the banner for the Sunstroke House. That is awesome. Um, It looks great. And thank you for continuing to support it. Um, Peace out. We're out of here. Gone. Getting it.